0: It's the Redirect Podcast. Search industry research, discussion, and analysis from the Black Truck Media and Marketing Headquarters. And now, redirecting you to the Black Truck team. Welcome to episode 57 of the Redirect Podcast. It is Friday, September 21st, 2018. I'm Jason Dodge, founder of Black Truck Media and Marketing. I'm joined this week... I, Patrick and Ashley from the Black Truck team. Hey gang! Hello. Hey. Happy Friday! Yes. Friday Friday. Uh, it is very windy outside here in West Michigan while we're recording. So if you hear anything, that's why. <laughs> like the
1: creaking outside our window. <laughs> we also
0: have art prize going on. Yep. Uh, that's kicked off uh, just what two days ago? Or yep. Right? day Wednesday. Day, Wednesday. Day three two days ago. This, so. Uh, that means our city gets turned upside down and we get an influx of, what, they'll figure 500,000 people. will probably yeah, spend between four years. and 500. So we'll double this <laughs> community size by the time we're done. Um, so I, I would say not a ton moving and shaking this week in terms of industry news. Uh, the biggest thing that I think this will probably roll right into what Pat is talking about is, like, everybody has gotten this major influx of hey, your site is now in the Mobile First Index um, within Search Console. I know I have seen at Mm -hmm. least six to ten notifications on that coming through of various clients, various sites, things like that. So I'm I'm kind of looking at Pat because I know where he's going to go. Yeah,
2: I I first became aware of it um, on my own personal websites Mm -hmm. that I have outside of work stuff, uh, and I got the notification that one of my sites was switched over to mobile-first indexing, like, I thought, we already did this, right? right. Mm-hmm. You know, we've been talking about it for over a year now that this is gonna happen, and um, I guess everything has always been that it's coming. Well, it's, mm-hmm. it's a, it, it officially is here. Um,
1: it's so, been here for a while. Yeah, <laughs>
2: it, it's been here for a while. So I, I jumped over to um, our parent account that we use here at Black mm-hmm. Truck that monitors all of our, our accounts, and I went into the uh, search console Inbox there, and I found that we had like all of them. Pretty, mm-hmm. um, there's at least
0: the first whole entire page, which is 25 rows, has your site has been switched oh, wow. over yeah, yeah. for yeah. some So it's really, it's it, the mass, the, the the mass, um, deployment, if you will, yeah, happened, yeah, within the last 48 hours, probably. I uh, started on Tuesday, so it's really yeah. ruled out, right? Hard. Um, and mm-hmm.
2: We've, we've seen that this is coming. You know, we, we've talked about that countless times. And I just wanted to quick go through a, a, a rundown of what this means and what Google says is going to happen on Great. this. Um, so it, I I did some research on it, and I, I found Search Engine Land um, had an article touching on this. It was out by Barry Schwartz uh, yesterday, and then it did a summary of an article that Google put out back in July. I'm sorry, June, um, talking about the upcoming, I guess, the... Uh, uh, through a, a Twitter chat, the Google Webmasters Twitter feed uh, had answered some questions back in June
0: about what to expect. I think we had touched on it in a previous episode, probably yeah. back in the in the episodes forties, <laughs> somewhere somewhere yeah, in there. And, right. and then uh, I, I do believe we wrote a blog post about it too, right? Um,
2: so it's, it's nothing really is going to change. There's nothing that we have to go out and, and do however we still have to be diligent in making sure that everything is running for the majority of sites for, for the majority, majority of sites yeah so if you have an old an old clunky site that doesn't have any kind of mobile friendliness or um
0: uh
2: Responsiveness. Responsiveness.
0: That's the word. The or, or heaven forbid, you're running on a, a, a an a, an M dot yeah or mobile yeah. version yeah. subdomain. So, what's it's interesting here? So, you're not ineligible if you have a non-mobile
2: friendly site and a non-responsive site. You're not going to be excluded. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're so. In, in fact, the first few sites that actually got rolled over to this were sites that were desktop only. Uh, so, I thought that was kind of interesting. Hmm. Um, secondly, what I thought was kind of neat is if you have. A mobile URL, but a desktop, or a standard URL for desktop, it's going to show you the correct one. If you're on mobile, you'll get the mobile URL. If you're on desktop, you'll get the desktop URL. However, mobile content is what's going to be shown everywhere. Mm-hmm. So even if you're still getting the desktop URL, you're going to get mobile content for those sites that have
0: both mobile and mm-hmm. um, If you have a full responsive site, it does not, that doesn't apply, right? That's what you're saying. Correct. Correct. Uh, I I thought that was kind of interesting how it
2: can still break it down. Um, The speed update that happened back in July that I remember talking, we discussed that, Mm -hmm. about how that might have... an impact on your uh, mobile first indexing. Apparently, it's completely separate. They have nothing to do with each other. So speed update separate from correct mobile first indexing. The, in general, we're saying speed mm-hmm. update in quotes. It was it actually called the speed update. Mm-hmm. Um, it's you know it's a separate entity, but doesn't necessarily mean that you don't have to pay attention to speed. As we've always talked about that. And here um, it is. Speed is a ranking factor and can help with how your site shows up. Um, hamburger and accordion style mm-hmm. menus are fine. There's no harm to those. They're not the most attractive thing, especially on a desktop. Yeah, that's yeah. personal opinion, but I hate no, I'm, I I'm, hate mm-hmm. a hamburger
0: menu on a desktop site. Mm-hmm. I'm with you and if you're yeah. a designer or developer that keeps doing that, mm-hmm. I don't you're not helping mm-hmm. anybody in right. fact, In my opinion, if I'm to be so bold to say that's lazy design work. Agreed. You can't you're you're, you're lazy in the fact mm-hmm. that you can't develop two different Types of of browser interaction. I think that's just that's just poor. Mm-hmm. You can't assume everybody knows what to do with right. that.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So the search bots, the crawlers, they can read your hamburger menu, especially on mobile or accordion. It's just because you can't see it doesn't mean the crawlers can't see it. Um, and that's pretty much it. There there wasn't a lot that we. Had. I mean, we've been talking about it for years now, yeah. and we know it's coming. <clears throat> it it's feels here. like we've been talking about it for years. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. It's something that we definitely have to do, and in I know that we have plenty of clients that haven't even thought about mobile. You know, still, have, we're, we're the search professionals, and this is what we do. And by the time a client does get to us the first time, they maybe uh, are just starting to do the research on what uh, mobile friendly means.
0: And just well, most done of them don't. They, half of them, I would say, they probably don't realize that they're that they're there right. already. Like, well, your site's responsive because you rebuilt it, you know, in the past five years. Right. So you're fine. Maybe it needs to be secure, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe you need to look at the way that things are rendering in the mobile environment yeah. and things like that. And maybe just further the the positive user experience. Seems like a lot of um,
2: sites that work in an industrial industry. Those are the sites that haven't been updated in the last yeah. five years or so. Or a
0: really, really large enterprise. Uh, some some of the large. There's even some large. Um, hmm, Big box retailers, I'm not going to name names, that there are still some instances that they have a mobile, almost like a mobile version of the site. Mm-hmm. You don't get the full experience. They, they operated for the long time. Uh, for those in the DIY world of do-it-yourself uh, home uh, projects will know who this brand is, where you have a desktop version and experience, you have a tablet version and experience, and you have a mobile version and experience, and they're all three completely separate things. Um, because even when this first rolled out, and you read the read between the lines and say, okay, if it's a responsive site, you don't really have to do anything immediately. Like, like you're not there's no right. major major red flags or there shouldn't be. And even for a lot of people, it's easy to sit there and say, well, what 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 the hell do I need to do? Like I'm nah, I'm good. It's those major players, those sites that comprise a huge amount of traffic in terms of the world of search or just Google searches in general. Um, they have very, very large footprints. Those are the sites that yeah, two years ago you hope they started down this whole process of mm-hmm. <laughs> being ready for the mobile the mobile first index but nonetheless they probably aren't. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Good mm-hmm. reminder, keep an eye out for it. Um, any tips on that other than watch Search Console? You're going to get that that notification. Yeah. Um, you probably see some blips in your <coughs> rankings
2: as things. If this is now the the official mm-hmm. switch over for your site, you might see some things tweak a little some bit. Things moving around. Keep an eye. Maybe maybe put a uh, an annotation for a benchmark in your analytics, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. Uh, you can see and keep track and make some comparisons in there. Well, inter- interesting,
0: so you said Tuesday, was it Tuesday when we started to see things yeah. uh, shift out? Yep. So, funny, uh, do, do, do what was the date of that, Nine 19 Yeah, so anybody who follows Moz's Mozcast, so moz.com, Mozcast, um, so all last week things were pretty chill in the Mozcast, down in the 70 degree mark, here I'm going up put my weatherman voice <laughs> on, and then all of a sudden uh, on the 17th, we start to see things start to creep up. 86 degrees we get to the 18th 101 degrees and then boom on the 19th it pegs 105 hmm. so things yeah totally were were very much uh, moving around on that day so the high was uh, Wednesday actually September 19th so if they made the push on Tuesday everything hit yeah on Wednesday so <clears throat> uh, kudos to uh, Dr. Pete and everything he's done with the Mozcast so. cool hmm. Good stuff, Pat.
1: Well, and on that note, I um, speaking of September 19th, this is on Search Engine Roundtable. I saw a headline that said, Google search algorithm shifts around September 19th, question um, mark? So... Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... Oh, there is a mention of yeah, mostly around the new batch of mobile first indexing changes. There
2: you, changes. you go, the so, new batch. batch that. So the yeah. new batch quote yeah. was the rest of
0: the internet. Yeah, this is a rollout that we're going to do over the course of a year, guys. Yeah. Um. So shift some gears here. Um. Non news related, mm-hmm. industry related. I would say, um, something that Ashley and I were, we had some really great meetings this week and this this topic. It has come up multiple times of when a site is being organized or reorganized. So when you're going through the taxonomy of a site, uh, your products, your services, your solutions, call it whatever you will, um, how do you go about determining where everything's going to live and what you're calling it mm-hmm. and and really I think what, what it came down to for for us in our internal discussions here these are things that these these are concepts that seem very basic and very elementary they're also the hardest questions to answer and to develop a strategy around so hopefully in our discussion around this we're going to try and make it pretty clear on a direction that you should think about going when it comes down to reorganizing a site how do you make it the best ux or user experience and, and what it boiled down to for us, and Ashley, you can totally correct me if I'm wrong, was asking yourself the question, is my content structured, so navigationally, and content meaning contextually on the page, is it structured in a format that my existing customers, my customers right now, know how to find. They know how to go through there logically um. To say these are the products that we use. These are the services that we use. This is the language that we speak. I mean, um, that's really what it comes down to. Again, it seems super mm-hmm. basic, but
1: and even structure in terms of <clears throat> how the yeah the on-page content <clears throat> is arranged. Um, mm-hmm. If it's logical and is going to be giving visitors that information that. They're most likely to be looking for when yeah. they
0: visit your site. Yeah, and, I, and this is something that has come up again countless times, almost to the point where I, I can understand now where you know Taylor Swift's had so many boyfriends that she just produces an album after every <laughs> one of them. Like I think we could do that based on client interactions, but that's not necessarily fair either. But I, I think that if you <laughs> <laughs> if you if you think about it, like think about it, like do you understand? In especially the case of um, uh, uh, Google Quality Rater
1: Mm.
0: and EAT, Mm. and so for those of you who don't know what it is, Ashley, EAT stands for
1: expertise, authoritativeness, and trustworthiness
0: within your content, right? And there is so much thin content out there on sites right now, and we continue to disappoint users. Uh, So. As you're looking to make those changes, you're pruning content off of a site, you're reorganing, you're restructuring. What what do we need to look at for the content that should be included on those pages? Is it is it quantity or is it the way in which I need it? The um, what was the word that came up just recently in discussion about uh, the form, the format that it's coming in? You know, is this a liquid? Is this a solid? Is it frozen? Is it fresh? Um, that is that how your audience talks, or do they talk strictly in quantity?
1: As far, yeah, as far as categorizing the products or services, mm-hmm. or yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah,
0: being very just have a real strong intent and be very logical about how they they are actually communicating that. You know.
1: Yeah, and the conversation too makes me think about this is kind of steering in a different direction, but we can bring it's it back. Good. But it so not only should inform how you arrange your website but that all of that information that helps you make those decisions that's going to play into your keyword research as well um, learning how to talk like your customers talk or your potential customers talk so that you can speak their language on your website not only with um, how you categorize things and and the headings and the format on your site but Using that language is also going to help with search traffic. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah.
0: I, I, you know, you, you realize that we often say there's a difference between what you, so you as a brand or, or marketing person, think that someone is searching for versus what they actually are. And what they actually are searching for, we can get some um, insights certainly with keyword research tools. But at the same time, there's nothing more powerful than sitting down with your customers and saying, you know, asking them what their challenges are um, or how, why they order what they order or how or why they buy what they buy um, and, and walk through that process with them. Do you think that process has to be... I think that process seems very daunting for a lot of people. Um, if generating content wasn't bad enough, <laughs> um, how, how would you say there's, is there a good approach to to be able to go through that process like do you think it has to be like super y and, and structured or like what's your what's your thought on that anybody I think it would start with a bullet list of key points
2: key areas and mm-hmm. what lives in those key areas you know we, we might simplify it and just use the phrase site map or just more of a, a roadmap. but I think it, it starts with characterizing where the important parts of your site are Mm -hmm. and then building down from that. And once you have that, figure out how you're going to navigate to it all and if it all makes sense. I think about um, some of the companies that we've worked with here and that were the sites where if it was an instance where we weren't um, fixing an existing site, we were helping them rebuild a brand new site, which had a whole new user interface and design and, and format and um, one of my big sticking points has always been don't confuse people with where you're navigating to. Like this page and this section and this page and this section are too similar. And the user doesn't know which one the mm-hmm. function of it is. You can have overriding themes with, throughout the whole site. And some pages can have themes that are similar. However, the function of the page needs to be clearly defined and clearly readable by mm-hmm. the user. And I think starting with clearly defined User points, yeah, is a great place to start,
0: mm-hmm. and and those clearly defined user points can also be great kind of uh, jump off points for your keyword research too. Yeah. you know, um, and and that needs to be included in that keyword research process to help you decide what yeah. those. You know, we we might name that 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 category page initially. You know, um, red shoes when <clears throat> when in all actuality. We know that based off of search volume and customer feedback, it's, it's women's red shoes or red women's shoes, or something like that. It's more descriptive, mm-hmm. right? which we know has, as SEOs, we know has a lot more power to it uh, in the search world and, to your point, Pat, connects the dots a lot faster to you as the user when you land there and you go, oh, I know exactly where I need to go. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's the, that's the big thing. Um, in terms of that actual on-page content, though structuring it i think a lot of times people get hung up on um i'd love to do that but i can't if especially if you're in a reorg i'd love to do that but i can't do it in my existing design which brought up for us a conversation today that ashley and i had was you know we've we've had the privilege of being involved in a a lot of different website rebuilds and what, what you find out is that um everybody's always waiting on content.
1: Mm -hmm. The content is never
0: developed first. So in a a perfect world, what really needs to happen, and if you want to save yourself a lot of headache, what you do is you go through the process that Pat described, and that was, I'm going to rebuild this sitemap the way that that it needs to be based off of a logical user flow or what my customer needs, and, and that's how my products and services live. But then I develop the content that needs to live on those pages, I cover all of the points, I answer all of the questions, and then that content is handed off to the UX UI team to make it pretty. So the design development stage, you know, rough design has already been approved at that point, but before it goes into development, Mm -hmm. they need to have the con. that team needs to have that content so they know what they're working with. So they know the size and scope of that. You know, you can't, you can't come at, at someone with 10 pounds of, and try and cram it in a 5-pound bag. Right.
1: Yeah. So if you don't do it that way, if if you design the site first and then try to plug the content in, you're either going to have some poorly arranged content or you're going to have to like lop off some... Uh, useful information for the sake of making it fit and making it work with your site. So in the long run, it's not going to do much for you.
0: And especially if you're trying to work in things like any, any level of demand generation, lead generation, or something like that. You know, you're, you're trying to think about, okay, I have all this content and it's supporting, maybe it's Keystone content. It's not over-the-top salesy, but oh, hey, right over here on the right is a, is a call to action that type of information is good to know up front. So you're trying to map it. You're trying to, it's almost like just throw everything up on a whiteboard and then start moving the pieces around and see what's going to be there. Um, But really the question is, are you thinking about your user, your customer, and how they work and how they function? Um, You know, if you are a player in the automotive world, let's say, you know, think about it. If you're selling cars, and you're a user. You're coming. You're coming to a dealership website or a manufacturer website. Logic. Logic says I. I come there and I go. Well, I'm looking for a car, or an SUV, or a truck, or a, a van, or a crossover, or something like that. I mean, if you go to any major manufacturer's website, now that's how they're ordered. Majority of your car dealership sites are that way too, because that's how the user. Understands That's their mind. They already know once they've gotten to your dealership what they're looking for. Um, so if you work with existing customer base and what their likes and dislikes are, I think you can format that m- m- much more effectively. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And then before you launch your new um, organization, if you can do some user testing and totally. see how that works and... Make any changes that you might need to to make it the best it can be.
0: Yeah, so what are you? I mean, um, so usertesting.com is a great resource for that. I mean, very like low cost. You could get in in the door and do that. Um, you could do some heat mapping, but I don't think heat mapping is really going to show you much in this case, other than you know scroll depth or where somebody's focusing the majority of their attention in the case of user testing, what you bring up, you're asking basically, like, I want some real feedback. Yeah. Um, so would you suggest that's a, that's like an A-B test of a page, like an existing page maybe?
1: Perhaps, um, yeah.
0: And you walk people through that or a development site or something like that?
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, and just being able to ask people. We've talked about this a little bit in the past for um, just how for testing for various sites, just being able to ask people, um, I think we talked about it more in terms of a search journey, but in this case, it would be more just like on page interaction, like, okay, what are, you know, give them a task and see how easily they can complete it with the way that the site is, um, laid out or tell them, um, Look for this, pro- you know, try to find this product on the mm-hmm. site and see if they follow the path that you expect them to take. And, mm-hmm. that, and that might give you some insights for changes or creating some alternative paths if you need to.
0: So basically, the I think both of you, uh, Pat and Ashley, have both touched on the fact of like you're, you're trying to provide the path of least resistance mm-hmm. through all of this. How can I make this the best and easiest experience for you, the user? And then how can I accompany that experience with really great content that like you connect with so you know that you're ordering this by a case or you're ordering it by the truckload are we are we using that language yeah and you're not trying to write content that's going to go viral you're just trying to
2: provide all the information that is needed you (laughs) know know, it's great point yeah you know too many people overthink it when it comes to the content it's like no just write what you do you know how many times have we sat in meetings and we've talked to them about content and like, well, I don't know what to write. It's like, okay, let's talk a little bit about what it is that you guys do.
1: And, yeah. and
2: then I'll just say, okay, write that down. Right. What,
1: <laughs> right. Like, what is at least the bare minimum that people should know about you yeah. or about X product or about right. X service? like.
0: And, and, and you know, if you could take that information and then work alongside, say, NSEO, mm-hmm. um, then I think you really have um, a much more powerful... Um, outcome, right, or approach to developing that content, developing that structure, because um, I, I think one of the best things that happens for us is when we do get involved early in those projects to say, okay, we're going to reorg this site, we're going to freshen it up, we know we need to move things around, but instead of them doing it, they ask us to do it, and, and we do it based off of search insights. But if you can take the search insights and combine it with what their customers tell them, I think that's even more more important. So Mm -hmm. it it goes back to that. um, We've talked on it before. It's something that we very much believe in here, and that's the user-centric SEO um, model framework mindset, if you will. Um, That's really our, our, our thinking is that it's not about the robot necessarily. It's the person behind the keyboard. That's the one that's making that search. They're the ones that are looking to place the order on your site. There's, they're the ones that are looking to to hire you. The robot is trying to think like a human. Right, right. Always has been. Right. You're know? getting better. Right. And SEOs 10 years ago just ruined things for everybody. But, I mean, we're we're beyond that. It's water so, did the
2: that so did that uh, <clears throat> Bing advertisement campaign. Mm, yeah, yeah. Do you remember that when Bing first rolled out when mm-hmm. they tried to do the the Google robotic voice repeating yep. random things that had nothing to do with. Yeah, that one still sticks with me. I wasn't even in the search industry then.
0: <laughs> awesome. So really what it comes down to is this, this seems like a very basic concept, but it's not when you start to break it down. When mm-hmm. you start to get down to brass tacks and look at a page and go, oh, that doesn't really speak to our current customer it shouldn't live in this category, the taxonomy's all wrong. Like this is no, you're right, that doesn't make sense, you know. Especially when you're dealing with sites that are large, there's a lot of legacy information there, or there's multiple people involved, multiple departments, mm-hmm. and things like that. Mm-hmm. What ends up happening is is yes, there's politics and stuff, but if you set politics aside, sometimes there's just this new product that's brought on and you're like, hell, I don't know where to put it, just shove it in that category. Is that really the right thing to do? No, it's not. It's
1: not helpful. Or a splash page
0: gets made that's not in any
2: sort of navigation and there's no way to navigate to it. You have to have the link. That's right. Doorway
0: pages. Doorway pages. It ranks well, doesn't it? <laughs> um, I, you know, it just... I, these aren't changes, though, either. I, I think that we maybe want to point out... These aren't changes that we would expect anybody to, like, jump directly into um, and, and kind of knock out um like in a weekend. Meaning you're not you're not gonna just no these aren't changes you're making every week, yeah, and every month. These are very um methodical thought out changes that need to happen to a website.
2: And set a schedule for yourself. Create create not just a, a roadmap or a time frame, you know, say like, okay, in the month of October, my goal is to bang out four pages of content yeah depending you know, obviously it depends on the site and the, set, the load of everything you have going on but don't look at it as like i have this entire site i have to do mm-hmm. break it down and do it into segments mm-hmm. be smart about it yeah set ex- realistic expectations for
0: yourself for sure well, that's good awesome cool so i guess in in to wrap this up search console keep an eye on your messages coming through your site's probably in the mobile first index now hopefully which means that's a, a super, super official thing, I guess. Um, and then when it, yeah, when it comes down to, um, you know, the the reorganization of a, of a website, especially larger ones, you know, really take the time to think that through and really take the time to map that out and and don't just group it by a, a product category because that's what you call it and that's how you think it should be. Um, if you can pull some some customers in and key stakeholders get everybody in the room and talk about that and talk about how they order products and buy from you or buy services from you and engage in other companies. Let that shape the direction of your structure. And, and, um, I think it's just a much better outcome. Yeah. It's going to take a lot longer. but yes. It's a much better outcome. Yeah. The end result will be far worth yep. it. Yep. Yep. Totally. So you do all that legwork and hard work up front. Um, and then you hand that full map over and say, "This is the direction we're going. Here's all of our content. Let's let's make it let's make it function and look good." So I make it sound real easy. Like I I mean I'm not discounting a developer's job. Super super hard job. But it's why we don't do it. So um, all right, cool. Thank you guys for sharing. And uh, make sure you guys listen to if you haven't if this is your first episode. Please go back listen to some other. Uh, episodes of the redirect podcast and until next time good luck this has been the redirect podcast check out the show notes at blacktruckmedia.com and add us on itunes and stitcher